1: It is over in Arlington, Texas. Big 12 title game. Kansas State beats TCU in overtime, 31-28. First loss of the year for TCU. question now is, are they in the playoff? We'll get into that later on in the program. Meanwhile, Bethel uh, in the D3 quarterfinals today down at Mary Harden Baylor in Texas. Bethel played great. They had the lead at the half, 20, or they were tied at the half at 14, after three, had a 21-17 lead, but gave up 24 in the fourth. Number three, Marion Harden Baylor beats Bethel 41-28, to but a terrific season for the Royals as they exit the Division Three playoffs, and we'll have more on that. Uh, a little bit later on, final day of prep Bowl at U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, the Wild are playing a matinee today against the Ducks in St. Paul. Timberwolves in downtown Minneapolis tonight. They'll take on the Oklahoma City Thunder minus Carl Anthony Towns. And to talk all things Timberwolves, Bally Sports North, Timberwolves analyst Kevin Lynch. Kevin, it's been a while. I hope you're doing well.
2: You know, it's funny, Steve, you, you sent me a text uh, was that yesterday, and I was just thinking about you the other day, and I was like, I Uh-oh. haven't talked to Steve in a while. I seriously was, and I was hoping you're doing well, and it's good to hear your voice, as always. Yeah,
1: yeah, doing really well. And, you know, I, I've caught you uh, a number of games on Bally Sports North uh, in, in your duties pregame, halftime, and, and postgame. Kev, you don't age. How do you do it? You're looking, re- <laughs> you're looking really good. Wow. Well thank you. I I don't I don't
2: know what to say. I'd like to say something interesting or funny, but I suppose most of it I don't if you're being honest, my friend, oh, for or, I sure genetics yeah, I'm, and,
1: <laughs> I, mean, I do the best I, I can. I, I know you eat well, you work out, all of those sorts of things. I don't do any of that and that that's why, you know, <laughs> I, I look every bit of my age and more, but no, I, you, great job as always. Thank and, you. Kev, this this Timberwolves season has been super frustrating for fans, and I I know you've probably heard it from fans that there were such high expectations going into it. They gave up a lot to get Rudy Gobert, and, and the Timberwolves have just been struggling most nights, yeah. not playing particularly well, and now Carl Anthony Towns is out. We don't know how long.
2: Yeah, I don't know really where to jump in with this. I, I um, you know, I think some people are, well, the, the popular thing to say right now is, well, you can't play with two big men and like Towns and Gobert and, and uh, but if, I mean, I, I've been thinking this the last five years that Towns really needs to spend some time. They, they need more size on this team. I've said that to you a, a hundred times in the last few years. So they go get Gobert, the, the best defensive big man in the league, in the NBA, and one of the top rebounders. and And I was like, God, this is this is going to work now. I, and I really, I'm not just saying that. I really think with the size that they have, with Gobert at the five, at the center, and T- Towns playing more power forward, I think eventually it's going to work. I, I wish it it took off right from game one this season but it's not it's going to be a little more challenging i think to play with the two big men but i mean we all remember um what happened in in the spring uh against memphis in that playoff series the, the wolves just got absolutely dominated inside and they the you know the timberwolves had a chance to win that series but they got crushed because they were so small so yeah. now they got a big man and and Gobert and 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 so they're they're just trying to figure it out. I I think we need a couple seasons of of this experiment, if you want to call it that, with the two big men. I think at the end of the day, it's going to work. Um, it's taking longer now. Towns is out and hurt, and it, it's just going to take longer for this to to figure itself out. But and it all comes down to coaching. If Chris Finch can figure this out. It's going to work, and I think they're going to be one of the better teams in the Western Conference. I'm not just saying that. I really believe that. This is one of their best rosters, most talented rosters they've ever had. But the the whole big men experiment is going to take time. They do have question marks with D'Angelo Russell as their point guard. No question about that. Everybody sees that. So there's, there's issues there. But, um, boy, I'm kind of rambling on. I think it's going to work. Um, because there, you don't win big in the NBA unless your defense and your rebounding is in a good place. And um, with how small that they were playing the last couple of years with Towns as your center, it, it, they were really going to struggle come playoff time. So they address that. It's going to take more time than we had all hoped. But um, I think they'll
1: figure it out. Anthony Edwards is another one. He's still a kid. And yeah. uh, it, it's easy to lose sight of that because – he he's been in the NBA for a time, but but he's still a really young guy, and it does take time to come into your own, if you will. There there are very few players that that come out and have an impact immediately. He he certainly had an impact. Do you still see upside in Anthony Edwards in his game? For me, it's all about consistency, night in and night out.
2: Hundred percent. That's exactly right. It's. He, he he carries you some nights like the game the other night against Memphis at, especially in the fourth quarter um and then he, you know he just he's an explosive athlete he's he's got the big personality there's so so much there to like about him but he just hasn't figured out because like you said he's so young how to do it every single night and i guess we all hope that um you know that's his his path is going to be you know playing great you know, almost every single night. So uh, that's the big thing. You know, look at Jaden McDaniels, Jaden McDaniels is the same thing. There's, there's not another guy on this roster, Steve, uh, that has a higher, uh, a more room to grow than Jaden McDaniels, but he can't figure it out every night too. He's inconsistent as well. So, and he's what, 21, 22. So it takes a while for just about every player. So, you know, Show a little bit of patience, I think we all need to remember that and and uh if they can kind of uh figure it out and become more consistent then it's this could be a special team moving forward. It could be now it might not happen, but uh if these guys can play uh you know really good at most nights I think we're going to like what happens.
1: Kevin Lynch joining us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline, Valley Sports North, Timberwolves Analyst, Timberwolves and Thunder tonight, our pregame at 6.30 with Cal, Alan Horton with all the play-by-play here on the radio side. And You take a look at the NBA standings, there's some pretty good teams that are dealing with injuries, and and struggling out of the gate. Now now there's others that have come out. Golden State started the year slow. Uh mm. we, we saw what they did to the Timberwolves in that matinee. I think they'll be fine. It is a long year and there are some teams that take a while to get going. There's still plenty of time to go. Uh we we still haven't even hit, you know, the big Christmas holiday and uh kind of the turn of the year and then you know, once you get to January one, then then it's time to start to really play and think about getting in playoff position.
2: Yeah, you know, like I, like Golden State. Golden State's going to be. They're going to go deep into the playoffs. I, I don't think that Golden State's going to win it again, but but they're going to be right there in the West, no question. I think the Clippers. You know, you, you look at the Clippers and their lack of health. I mean, that's such an issue for them this year. Like last year, the same thing. Phoenix is tough. I think the two best teams in the NBA right now are Boston and Milwaukee and that's going to be a war if they meet in the East Finals because they're so close and and everything. But yeah, you know, I don't think it's like, you know, you got to be, you know, have t- totally, you know, panicked uh, approach right now for a lot of teams because I think at the end of the day it all gets figured out and as long as you're a healthy team and you have you know a couple months to kind of get geared up for say April and May, then I think you're going to be fine. So uh, yeah, this, the, the injuries um, you know they 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 play a role in what's going on. And and uh, I think if teams can get healthy like like the Clippers, I think with a healthy team, the Los Angeles Clippers are are going to go deep and have a chance to get to the finals. But you know if Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and guys like that are hurt much of the time then uh, things change in a big way.
1: Yeah, the deep Phoenix Suns team. Denver's playing pretty well right now. Yeah, um, I, I'm definitely I- impressed by this budding rivalry between the, the Timberwolves and, and the Memphis Grizzlies. It, they, they, they play a lot, and they met in the playoffs a year ago, the Grizzlies winning it in six. But you know, that, that is a fun little rivalry between these two teams.
2: Yeah, and you you wouldn't really think it, you know, because you know, Memphis is not in the same division with the Wolves, right. you know, with with Denver and and Oklahoma City and Portland and Utah. That's the Northwest Division. You'd think it'd be, you know, well, one of those teams, pa- for sure. Yeah, cuz you know, you play those teams four times. And, and Memphis and some of these other Western Conference teams, you don't play quite as much, but I suppose you you meet in the fi- in the in the playoffs last spring and and that gets, that you know, the Wolves, the Wolves, I don't know if it was game four or game five, they I mean, they had it right there in their hands, and they gave it away at the end, and the Wolves had a chance to win that series in advance, and so, and then you got John Morant, and you got some yeah. of these, Dylan Brooks, you got these guys, and then Edwards, Anthony Edwards, and there's some dudes that have been mixing up a little bit, so... It's kind of fun to watch that, you know, uh, that uh, you get a team like Memphis who's good and young, and they're a step ahead of you in their team development. So you're, you, that's a team you're trying to catch. So, um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see if that kind of, you know, continues to grow the rivalry, like you say.
1: Yeah, and based on, on what we saw, and back to Carl Anthony Towns, and I happened to be in for, for Henry Lake on Timberwolves tonight following the game. And certainly win or lose, that was a big story. Cat goes down with an injury and is helped off the floor. He doesn't return to the game and, and the calf strain. And then the next day we learn, you know, it, it's kind of a, you know, could be out for a couple of weeks. We really don't know. There's no timetable for his, his return. And so we, without Cat in there, my statement that night is, okay, who who's going to step in to, you know, a leadership role, and, and they still have enough players. And this was my point that night, and I wanted to get your read on this. They, they they still have enough talent to win games in this league. It's not like once upon a time, if Cat's out of the lineup, yeah, yeah. You know, they're, they're in huge trouble. trouble they, right. they still have some guys making some pretty good money, with pretty good resumes, they should be able to win games in this league, like tonight.
2: Well, yeah, tonight they they yeah because yeah, it looks like Shea gilgis Alexander missed the game the other night for the Thunder, so I'm not sure he's he's going to be playing tonight. And let you know, let's face it, is you know is, does Oklahoma City really want to win that hard with uh, Wimbenjana? Uh, the, the the sweepstakes to try to get a hold of that dude uh, in the draft next summer, right? Uh, I would imagine the Thunder are going to be part of that, but yeah, the wolves have enough talent to win games. I mean, there's no question about it. and one thing about you know sometimes people criticize Towns a little bit with you know how tough is he and all that kind of conversation. but you know with with how his body is built, Steve, uh, he's got such skinny legs for a guy who's six foot ten. That, you know, when you strain your calf, you gotta be careful sometimes with those injuries. Cause people are like, well, why is he out? It's this calf injury. He tweaked it and he's out for a month or six weeks. I mean, come on. But you gotta be careful with potentially, you know, tearing your Achilles. And then when I look at his, his frame, Towns's frame, you, I mean, he looks like he could potentially have some knee issues at some point with how skinny his legs are. So, you know, when you do something to your calf, and you're in a sport like basketball, you got to be a little bit of aware of, you know, maybe, you know, doing something, and and especially the way he hurt his calf, it looked like one of those situations where you tear your Achilles, and you got to be, you know, kind of mindful of that. So, but th- that's a different issue. But yeah, there's talent enough there, and it's going to be interesting to see how this team comes together without Towns and see if they can go on a little winning streak because there's enough uh, punch there in that lineup still without Towns to uh, win a lot of games, I think.
1: Yeah, and uh, winnable games certainly at home tonight. Our coverage begins at 6.30. Well, Kevin, always good to visit with you and uh, continued success, and hopefully we can do it again soon.
2: Thanks, Steve. I appreciate it. And have a Merry Christmas if I don't talk to you. Happy holidays and all that fun stuff.
1: Yeah, you, you as well. Kevin Lynch, Valley Sports North. Timberwolves analyst, known Kev for a long time. Just a great guy doing a great job for Valley Sports North. Uh, Timberwolves and Thunder, our pregame at 6.30 tip after 7. The outstanding Alan Horton with all the play-by-play all season long here on News Talk. E3O-WCCO.
0: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
1: Tough day to E3 quarterfinals. Bethel on the road at Mary Harden Baylor down in Texas. Royals had a lead going to the 4th. 21-17 Mary Hardin-Baylor outscores them 24 to 7 in the fourth to win 41 to 28. Mount Union, North and Central of Illinois and Wartburg of Iowa advance to the semifinals in D3. Meanwhile, prep bowl day number 2 at US Bank Stadium, one champion crowned earlier in the day, a thrilling nine-man tilt. Spring Grove had a 19-0 lead early, Mountain Iron Buell roars back to win at 28 25. Just a thrilling finish. Um, it was 19 rip Spring Grove after one quarter. Mountain Iron Buell comes back uh, to win their first state championship. Outstanding. Uh, right now on the field, uh, the 3A championship game, New London Spicer against Dilworth Glendon Felton. And New London Spicer leads at 21-20 uh, as they approach the midway point of quarter number four. And then, of course, a much-anticipated 5A title game later. uh, Scheduled for four, it'll probably be closer to 4.30 the way it looks with Elk River against Mankato West. And that's going to be an outstanding championship game. Uh, both teams perennial powers in 5A football and jump back to Friday. Uh, four champions were crowned uh, in downtown Minneapolis and 1A Minnesota, Another crown. They beat Springfield 38-21. Uh, the Minnesota Vikings, outstanding athletics and football over the years. Uh, volleyball, just tremendous. Uh, Barnesville beat Chatfield for 2A on Friday, 35 to 20. Simley beat Hutchinson in the for a championship, 34 24 had a chance to call uh, Simley's semifinal game a couple of weeks back against Recori at US Bank Stadium on TV, And Simley dominated the game and won a tight one, if memory serves, 16 14. Uh, but uh, they're able to take down Hutch 34 24 to win their first ever. State football title. And then uh, the big schools in 6A on Friday night. Maple Grove dominated Rosemount 27-10. to 10. And Crimson head coach Matt Lombardi will join us a little bit later today. Scheduled to join following the news at 5 here on News Talk E3OWCCO. But once again, New London Spicer, Dilworth, Glendon, Felton in that uh, 3A championship game uh, underway right now at uh, U.S. Bank Stadium, and New London Spicer leads at 21-20, 8.01 to go in the football game there, and of course, uh, all the football on Channel 45. It is 3.29, we'll take a break, we'll have an update on the weather, it looks like a quiet week, uh, tomorrow looks really good with highs in the lower 30s, we'll see lower 30s again by the end of the week, and it doesn't look like any major snow events, so your your drive to and from work this week should be... Uh, problem-free, and, and that'll be a nice change here at News Talk. E3O-WCCO. I mentioned that it'll be a great day tomorrow to park somewhere near U.S. Bank Stadium and stroll into the building uh, for the Jets and the Vikings. And when you looked at the schedule at the beginning of the year, you didn't think that, hey, this is a pretty good matchup, because it's the Jets after all. The Minnesota Vikings have been a major surprise, nine and two. How about the Jets at seven and four? Uh, the Vikings opened as three and a half point favorites. At the moment, they're favored by three. Uh, the over under, uh, pretty typical, forty four and a half. Maybe a little bit lower than the typical over under in the NFL, but forty four and a half isn't uh, ridiculous if, if you're uh, into that sort of thing. And joining us to talk about the Vikings and the Jets, Andrew Kramer from the Star Tribune. Andrew, good to visit with you. Thanks for the time.
3: Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, and once again, this is probably not a game that stood out on the schedule before the season. I'm sure many Viking fans said, well, that's a win. We get the Jets at home. We'll take the win and move on. Not so fast. The Jets are much improved.
3: The Jets really are. They are a much more talented roster. Uh, You're seeing now in Robert Sala, their head coach, his second year there, starting to embody a little bit more of his mentality and and the way that he likes uh, his teams to play. He comes from San Francisco, where uh, he was the defensive coordinator for many years, and obviously we know those defenses were really good um, throughout the last decade. And he's kind of brought that to New York. They've got one of the best defenses right now in football. And it's kind of becoming a theme for the Vikings. They keep seeing that. Uh, They saw it in Buffalo, saw it against Dallas, saw it against New England, and now they get it against the Jets as well. And we've seen, too, just the wide array of outcomes the Vikings have had on offense, just in terms of how well they've played across these uh, matchups against these tough defenses. So I'm not sure how it's going to play out. I'm sure the Vikings are obviously hoping for the best, but... Deep down, they may not be too sure how they're going to respond either because this is a tough test on Sunday.
1: You, you did a piece in the Star Tribune uh, about one of, one of the key guys on that Jets defense and could loom large uh, going head-to-head with Justin Jefferson of the Vikings on Sunday.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Ahmad Gardner, he's a rookie corner. He's the, I believe is the fourth overall pick in the draft this year. Um, he's really, really good. He leads the NFL in, in past deflections. He's breaking up a lot of throws that are thrown his way to the point that teams aren't even throwing to him that much anymore. They're looking any other way they can to try to gain yardage through the air. And I don't think this is going to be a situation where we see the Jets move this kid around and follow Justin Jefferson. But in the instances that they are matched up across from each other, it's going to be really interesting because these are two big time players and the the young rookie corner uh Ahmad gardners he's six foot three big big bodied kid one of the the biggest corners in the NFL and so he's the kind of guy that could maybe stand up and give Justin Jefferson a hard time uh if he brings his A game.
1: Andrew Kramer joining us from the Star Tribune covers the Vikings on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline Vikes and Jets Vikes field goal favorites uh, and, and that that 's typical for uh, two evenly matched teams. Uh, the home team will get about a field goal from the odds makers uh, for the Vikings. You, you brought up the Jets defense they come in with a good reputation in 2022. Uh, the Vikings defense on the other side, while they are nine and two uh, the, the the numbers aren 't very good for this defense.
3: Yeah, it's been really up and down as we've seen it, right? And, and that's just every week. That's not just through the season. Every single game, it seems like they're having great plays, takeaways, interceptions, and in key moments, but then they're also giving up big plays. And it's, it's a little too uh, familiar from what we've seen uh, from defenses that got Mike Zimmer fired over the last couple years. They still have that problem of giving up big plays. Um, the, the only thing is that they've made the winning plays in those fourth quarter moments, those plays that make everybody debate whether or not this is sustainable or not because of the yardage they give up. Uh, defensive coordinator Ed Donatel was asked about that this week and he got pretty defensive and saying yards never won or lost a game. <laughs> so obviously noting that they've kept teams out of the end zone at least a little bit better uh, this year. So We'll have to see if they can improve. They've obviously got a lot of room to improve defensively, um, which you'd rather be at nine and two saying that than at you know than fighting for a playoff spot and still having all that improvement to do.
1: And Andrew, one of the things we've heard about this defense is that the, there was high expectations about this defensive line. I know there's been uh, a, a key cog in that line out, but. They they haven't been able to get a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks with the with a, a four man front. They they they've had to get pressure, you know, in blitz packages, etc. And you know, may, maybe that'll change.
3: Yeah, you bring up that key cog. Oh, Dalvin Tomlinson is yep. going to be a big addition this weekend. It's 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 huge that they're getting him back because he was playing very very well before he went down. Uh, And and fans might have not even remembered it because it was a month ago, but he's missed the past month and he's going to enter that lineup again and and give them some interior pass rush up the middle that they've really been lacking without him. They they don't have much else behind him in terms of that interior push. And um, they're going to need that too, moving forward in the playoffs here because they're going to find, they have to find a way to pressure, uh, get key stops, pressure quarterbacks, uh, do the things that playoff winning teams do because we just haven't seen it defensively outside of the turnovers, outside of the takeaways. So Dalvin Tomlinson coming back is going to be massive for that defensive line, and they rely a lot on their four-man pass rush. You brought up the blitzes. That's not characteristic of what they want to do. Ideally, they want to sit back, put uh, seven in coverage, and rush four and and just get after the quarterback that way. But to your point, they just haven't been able to do that without Dalvin Tomlinson.
1: And one of the other... Quirks is that the Vikings have been getting breaks along the way, and when they face teams, and that's that's part of going nine and two. And you think, okay, they get the Jets, and a guy by the name of Mike White's going to be a quarterback. But White played pretty well in the win a week ago. It was one of the uh, radio games we got here in, in the Twin Cities, and I was out running errands and doing this and that, and caught a good part of the game. Kid played pretty well.
3: He did. Yeah, he did. He did this last year for the Jets, too. He kind of came out and was a phenom with, I think he might have thrown four touchdowns in the start last year. And then the the, the, the pumpkin quickly, or quickly turned back into a pumpkin, I should say, yeah. at midnight the following week because he threw four interceptions against the Bills in which current Vikings nose tackle Harrison Phillips was part of that defense in Buffalo last year that turned over Mike White so many times. And Harrison Phillips said this week that, he's pretty confident they're going to be able to do that again <laughs> in terms of uh, having Mike White, uh, having the, the whole Cinderella thing fall apart on the Jets. But really, though, what, what Mike White was able to do is be that distributor, be that point guard-style quarterback, and just do the simple throws and the simple things that Zach Wilson, their, their young kid that they wanted to be the franchise, wasn't able to do that got him benched. And they've got really good wide receivers. They've got Garrett Wilson. They've got Elijah Moore. Those are two names you might hear a lot on Sunday if the Vikings don't play good defense uh, and if Mike White is able to do, again, what he did against the Bears. But um, Mike White has also had some bad performances because yeah. he's he's a, he's a very inexperienced quarterback, very volatile, and so we'll have to see what we get at U.S. Bank Stadium on Sunday.
1: Vikes, Jets, tomorrow. Uh, meanwhile, the Viking offensive line has been... Generally a pre- pleasant surprise in, in this 9-2 start this season. And a big part of that is Christian Darisaw, But uh, he will be out the way it looks again on Sunday.
3: Yeah, he's dealing with a couple concussions that he got in back-to-back games. He got it cleared from one in Buffalo, came back to play that Dallas game, and suffered another one. And so the team is going to be really cautious with him. Obviously, it's going to take him a while to go through those protocols, which require a lot of various levels of exercise, a lot of different neurological testing uh, to make sure that he's at where his baseline testing says he should be. And when you come off two brain injuries, that's going to take a while. So we might be talking even out next week potentially too for him. So it's a good thing that Blake Brandle, the the, uh, uh, third-year guy who stepped in for him, uh, the past couple of weeks, he's going to do it again. He's been playing pretty well, and they're going to need him to play really well against the Jets because the Jets have a lot of talent up front. They're one of those franchises that continually invest in their defensive line, and, and we're going to see that tomorrow.
1: T.J. Hawkinson picked up from the Lions. He's had an impact on this team. There, there's no question. He's become a favorite target of Kirk Cousins.
3: He has, and they've been missing that, too. It was what Irv Smith, what they wanted him to be, and he just wasn't able to live up to that. And obviously injuries have played a big part in why Irv Smith didn't live up to that potential. But uh, with TJ coming in here, it's been everything they expected him to be. And, And that's great news for a Vikings team that has him under contract for the next two seasons, not just this season um so he looks like a best friend to kirk as you said and really a security blanket i think underneath when when teams are giving justin jefferson so much attention and that was that kind of secondary option that's really what they were looking for in the passing game and adam Thielen, as solid as he is at this stage of his career is not that um but tj certainly can be
1: well always good to visit with you a great uh coverage of the Vikings uh you're, you're part of a terrific team at the Star Tribune and uh, Andrew once again thank you so much for the time today
3: well thank you I appreciate it good to chat with you all
1: right there he is Andrew Kramer of the Star Tribune Vikes Jets tomorrow high noon Vikings favored by three in that one but don't underestimate this Jets team and we, we talked a lot about that Jets defense at the top that that will be the matchup to watch um the the Jets uh, really a surprise at seven and four, and you look at the standings in the AFC East. It is wide open. You thought the Buffalo Bills would run away and hide. Everybody in the mix. You got the Miami Dolphins here, The New England Patriots uh, end up uh, falling to the Vikings on Thanksgiving here, and you got the Jets in the mix as well. Uh, a division that was once again for years all about the New England Patriots is now. Wide open again. 13 minutes down in front of 4 here at News Talk. E3O WCCO. Huge football day. Premple winding down over at U.S. Bank Stadium. We'll check that scoreboard there. Uh, and the final tilt figures to be a dandy in 5A. Elk River against Mankato West. Uh, final championship of the day. And we'll, we'll check those scores a little bit later on. D3 football. Bethel made it to the quarterfinals. They had to go down to Texas and play uh, new perennial power, Mary Harden Baylor. And Bethel had the lead going to the fourth, 21-17. They end up losing 41-28. We'll get a game report on that a little bit later on. One of the big conference championship games in the books today. This was down at Jerry World in Arlington, Texas. And Kansas State. Beats TCU in overtime, 31-28. to 28. TCU battles back, gets the tie, a touchdown and a two-point conversion. And then in overtime, uh, get it down to the goal line, can't punch it in, turn it over on downs, Kansas State sets up, gets the field goal to win at 31-28. to 28. Kansas State, no matter what, will not be in the playoff. But TCU now at 12-1, and one, are they still in the playoff, Jonathan Lowe?
4: Well, this has helped a lot by USC spitting the bit last night, and we'll get to that later on. Um, because USC lost in the Pac-12 championship game, the the door was opened a little bit wider for TCU to have a stumble, and... The big thing, I was watching ESPN last night after the Pac-12 title game, and they were asking this of their college football reporter, super reporter, Heather Denich, and she said, as long as TCU doesn't get blown out, they may still get in if they lose. I tend to agree. I think the way this game ended, and again, TCU, who went down 18 points to Kansas State in the regular season and came back to win, went down 11 points twice Late in the game, came back to tie and then couldn't punch it in 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 overtime. They they suffer an overtime loss on a field goal. I personally think that TCU has done enough to get in. I think they've done enough to get in over Ohio State. I think they've done enough to get in, uh, definitely done enough to get in over Alabama. Um, So I don't think there's anybody left that you could really say has a chance to really supplant TCU. I think they're in. I think right now what's the way it's going is they're going to probably drop a spot to four and then maybe have another team come in ahead of them, wink, wink, Columbus, Ohio, um, yeah. and, and maybe set that up. But we'll see how the rest of the day turns out. It hasn't been uh, a chalk championship weekend to this point.
1: Yeah and what what's what's so strange uh, about this is we're we're coming to the end of the era we're going to a 12 team playoff We're going to get into that in more detail later on. There's some thoughts that what does that mean for conference championship games, etc. We will do a deeper dive on that later on in the program. But in the here and now, Georgia leading LSU 14-7 in Atlanta in the SEC championship game. Thought is, Georgia will take care of business today. They'll be the number one. Michigan should take care of business and beat Purdue and be the number two. I, I tend to agree with you. And I, I sent out a tweet early in this Kansas because Kansas State had a comfortable lead over TCU, and it's like, uh-oh, TCU might get blown out today. And that that's when I sent that out, that, hey, they get blown out today, they could be in trouble. They end up losing. Do they sneak in? Now the question becomes, as we go through the day and night, who is that third team? And you, you brought up Alabama. Alabama. I get this sense of dread from college football fans. Oh, please, don't let it work out where Alabama gets into this playoff again. I'm
4: going to say this. Alabama is the most storied program over Notre Dame, over Michigan, over Ohio State, over Southern Cal. They're the most storied program over Texas in the history of college football. They have, they are legends. They have earned the right to be called the best program not just now but in the history of college football if they get into this playoff system this year in 2022 i'm gonna puke i'm gonna puke
1: yeah (laughs) Uh, so so there is that sense of dread uh at the moment um if if lsu beats georgia georgia's still in if purdue beats michigan is Michigan still in? I'm not saying it's going to happen, but that, that would not be a good look. Anyway, uh, we'll continue to follow that uh, through the day. Following the news and weather at 4, we'll go outdoors with our good buddy Steve Carney. Ice fishing season, uh, gearing up. A lot of the ice anglers I know are really excited about the cold weather we've been seeing. News and weather in a moment.